Hi, this is Nayetta, and you're listening to The Health Show. To The Health Show. And you're listening 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 to The Health Show. Hi, so our other guest, Francisco Morazon, is a tropical biologist. Um, he's a naturalist, a researcher, and academic program assistant at Texas A&M University, Solta Center in La Fortuna, Costa Rica. He is in charge of facilitating education, research, and community service activities at the center. Francisco coordinates with the center director on activities Salta Center users perform in surrounding communities and also coordinate substantially, I'm sorry, sustainability and recycling activities, um, maintenance of collections and facilitates environmental education activities at the center. Hi, this is Nayeta and you're listening to The Health Show. This month, I have a really great treat for you guys. I am in San Jose um, in Costa Rica. And I went on a study abroad trip with my college um, to understand a little bit more about the culture, to be culture competent um, about Costa Rica. And so um, we started this trip actually in San Estro. It's San Estro, which um, is a social center that is Texas A&M. And so we started there, which is close to La Fortuna. And then we came down to the capital where I am right now, um, which is in San Jose. And so today I'm interviewing a very, very special guest. Um, his name is Francisco Mar... Say it for me. Francisco Marazan. Mar Francisco Marazan. <laughs> My Spanish is awful. <laughs> he is a tropical biologist. Um, he is actually from San Jose, um, from Costa Rica. And so it's so important to, to be able to come to a country and let um, a native explain what wonderful things that, what, what basically what I've been seeing since I've been in um, San Jose. And so, actually, he worked for the Sultra Center almost nine years, and almost for three years, okay? And so, he's been our tour guide. He's been translating. We actually went to, like, um, went to senior centers. Here, we went to a... Um, a car an incarceration, like a, almost like a jail cell, like a halfway house, as we call it here, and which we call in the United States a halfway house. Um, we went to, um, where did we go? We went to where they make coffee beans. We went to, um, it's called San Francisco um, Elementary School and La Fortuna, which was an amazing experience. Um, we actually tomorrow we're going we're we going tomorrow um tomorrow we are going to an orphan center we're going to an orphan center uh, so basically this whole trip has allowed us not to be a tourist but to experience um san jose so um i'm introducing 
Um, Francisco, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with the Help Show. And I'm so excited to just run these questions by you. And, you know, he's a very, very smart man. <laughs> so <laughs> very, very smart. No. So I'm, I'm very excited about this interview. So tell the audience about your background and how you became interested in becoming a tropical biologist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, well, uh, a good evening for everybody. It's a pleasure um, having Nayera here, and it's a pleasure to have him in the country as well. Um, for me, it's a honor to, to do this interview for first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, even I was from the city, and I grew all my whole life in the city. Since so I was a child, I love science, and I love animals and nature. So, um, but my... Um, my 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 mother and my and my and my grand and my father, they their families were from the countryside. So when we have the holidays or vacation, we used to travel to those places, and I I still in contact with the nature, and probably in there is with the people of the dispatching for the nature for the animals, but for the animals. But I guess that since you born, you have that kind of things, you know, those patients or those hobbies that you like, you know. Yeah. But well, I I was a typical boy when I was a child that. Well, like the, this kind of nerd, you know, that always talking about dinosaurs, insects, animals, nature. Um, always I have pets like dogs, cats, uh, every every kind of animals that you can imagine. Even in the city, spiders, and, <laughs> you know, this freaky boy, you know. Um, and of course, when I finished my high school, well, it was so fun because even I liked the biology and nature, I was not sure that I want to be a biologist because I love social science, history, politics. Um, so another field, because, you know, I guess that we we are not only good for something. We can be develop skills for, like, how do you say now nowadays? Like, multi-intelligence, right? Okay. So we, we can, you cannot say nowadays that you are only good for this. Not like in the past that you consider smart or stupid, right? <laughs> right? So you can be good in one thing and bad in another thing. For music, for example, and be very good in mathematics, for example. So the same for me. Okay. Well, uh, once, I, this, well, this is a very good thing to, to share with you. I, I, I got two good advices from two teachers okay. when I was in the high school because I was not totally sure what I want to do when I finished the high school. And my teacher from psychology, Mm -hmm. uh, my teacher from mathematics, like he was a very smart guy, but I admire him a lot. Mm -hmm. They advised me, Francisco, you are very young. It's better that you take one year free, mm -hmm. work, of course, help your family, and think about it, your future, to define your future. Mm -hmm. And it was the best, one of the best advice that I got from my teachers. Mm -hmm. I will never forget them. Always I have in my mind, my heart. And I did that, and then I realized that I will definitely, even I love other things, like the, the strongest, a field for me it was the nature and the biology so then i applied for the public universities in exam a test mm -hmm. and i was accepted in national university who is one of the public from one of the five public universities that we have in costa rica you wanted the what now uh, sorry is it political uh, 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 no the public universities you, okay. we have we have five public universities okay. the biggest one and the oldest one is costa rica university that actually we went today to the, the meeting with the, Oh, to the college. Okay, okay. Uh -huh. So you have five colleges here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Public, from the public system, that are the best quality uh, of 
um, education in Costa Rica okay. in, uh, regarding to universities, right? Okay. Um, I studied in the second university, the second biggest university that we have in the country. Okay. So I, I spent five years to get my bachelor in tropical biology. Mm -hmm. There were different focus, but the last year, even in a bachelor, you can get a focus to learn more, whatever you like more, you want to focus more, of course. Right. So I remember that we have marine biology, tropical biology, and biotechnology. They focus more on bacteria and labs and genetics, something like that. Mm -hmm. But in my case, tropical biology is regarding all to the tropical forest, mm -hmm. the different tropical forest that we have, not only the rainforest, we have the, in general terms, because there are many classifications, but in general terms, we have like tropical close forest, tropical dry forest, and tropical rainforest. Okay. That the people are getting more, when you talk about tropical forest, in the perception of people, they imagine the rainforest. Right, right. right. This is only one of the, of, the, of the different tropical forest that we have. So I have okay. a question for you. Remember we were talking earlier and you said that you, you dabbled in politics for a while. Uh -huh. And so how did you end up doing politics well, from I guess, the, I guess this from is the because, tropical Well, this biologist. is because actually the idea to become a tropical biologist science, I entered when I was very young, when, when I got 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I have, of course, like this big perception as a very, very young person to save the world, you know? And of course, <laughs> I still have that, right. but now with more things and with another context and with more realities and conscious of many things. But because I, I want to... Since I was a, a child, mm -hmm. I, I said that I want to become a professional, but not only for get money, only for do something for the world, or for the planet, and for the people as well. Okay. So when I entered to the to the college of biology, um, I want to work in conservation. Okay. And conservation is a concept that people believe that it is only for people from natural science, but this is a big mistake. Conservation is a very wide concept that you involve natural science and also social science mm. because there are many conflicts between people and wildlife and even even more nowadays that the populations are growing there are more pressure for the resources mm -hmm. and the resources uh, the resources are, are bad okay so uh, the question i have for you another question i have for you do you think that tropical biologists and mental health um coincide with one another yes well this is really important for the quality of life and this is another uh, way to combines the politicians mm -hmm. that it's important to keep green our country, not only because for the services that resources provide to us, like for example, the water in Costa Rica, we are very proud that in the whole country, you can open the pipe and drain the water and it's totally clean. Okay. And we have a really good system to deliver the water. And it's another reason why to protect the forest, not only because we have jaguars or quetzals <laughs> yes. or tapirs or big trees or, you know, many species that have yes. biodiversity because Unfortunately, many people don't know about it. They are ignorant or they don't care. Uh, yeah. Right. But when yeah. you talk about money, yeah. and if you pro you keep green the forest because for the resource, for example, can you imagine how many million of dollars we will spend if we could afford it? Where you, where we can get the water? Mm -hmm. That will be a high cost for the whole country. Right. So this is the same with the mental care. Mm. So quality life. Um, we I guess that should be good that in the past some people have like visionary uh -huh. ideas and you know that always is important work in prevention okay. you save a lot of money and as well you have very quality life so in the mental care is the same in costa rica there is a, in, inside our laws everybody who is living in costa rica in Josimar, in costa rica or a foreigner mm. is a right to have a good environment because mm. it's for the welfare mm. and even the, your mental welfare 
I remember very well when I was in the master program later that our economy teacher, he mm -hmm. was a he was a crack, a very visionary guy. Um, he talked about the economy and the environmental economy and mm -hmm. the advantages to to have a good environment. And one of the reasons, not only for the resources, is for the mental care. Because yeah. when you are in a place which is green, which is comfortable, which is which is not noisy, that you are surrounded of life, you feel more relaxed and you decrease your stress. And there are many studies that shows about the, the many biochemical studies about the reactions in your body. Mm -hmm. Because every time that you produce emotion, of course, you produce a biochemical reaction, right. positive or negative. So right. and that affects your mind. Right. So when you are in a place who is very relaxed, and that's why many people pay a lot of money travel from Europe or from US or another part of the world to Costa Rica because they want peace. Mm. They don't want noisy places with many condos or many buildings and traffic jam. That decreases your quality of life and your mental health as well. Mm. And that's why nowadays there are many diseases, many mental diseases. So having a paradise, having a forest is good for your mental health is super important. It's one of the most basic things and it's almost considered a right. Hmm. So the, another question that I have for you is, so when, when us as Americans and, and I did some Google, I call it Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I did some research and the research that I saw is that um, Ticos, which is Costa Rican, mm -hmm. um, they lived long, they live the longest and they are the happiest and the healthiest. And so during this whole um, this excursion that I've been here in Costa Rica, when we went to the senior center and um, we went to the senior center and remember their instructor that was dancing, like I saw with my own eyes, he's like 73 and he was moving like an 18 year old. And everybody was like out of breath. And he was like, come on. And he's been doing this 35 years. Very active. He's very, very active. And then the same thing I saw when um, I actually, um, remember the English class that they, I mean, the Spanish class that we're teaching English and um, the students at Texas A&M, which I was a part of the, the class, we were teaching them how to, um, how to write their numbers and pronounce numbers in English and how how focused the elderly were these people were like 78 79 the guy that i was sitting with was 79 years old how quick they were they they weren't their memory wasn't even foggy um mostly everybody they danced with us in they danced with and us the zumba class. in the zumba class so they're active and they're active men mentally and physically and so the question is why are they living so long? Is because of the water? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and why are they so active? Like, why are they so happy? Um, could you enlighten me? <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Well, even, um, of course, never never any system will be perfect. And even nowadays, we're facing many things. I am really worried about the future of my country because, well, because Americans are very happy. Sometimes be happy is good, but sometimes it's bad because you don't worry for another things, <laughs> right? But... Um, we are very happy for several reasons. Well, of course, we have uh, our history. Yes. And that made a difference uh, between another country that unfortunately they are facing another realities. Many, and what's your uh, history? Yeah, mm -hmm, many social, um, sorry, many social issues, uh -huh. many civil wars, mm -hmm. loss of economy, right. lack of education. Right. There, um, there are not good campaigns for health. But Costa Ricans, we, we, 
we are very healthy in, ma in many things and other things no of course but this is because we're festival because we have our social care okay. that this is one was one was more the most remarkable things in the past when was the revolution in 1948 and we left the army mm. and when the army is gone all the money was invested in education and health mm. the social guarantees were created and for the first time in the history and i guess that that situation will never happen again people from the right people from the left and the catholic church became together to create the social guarantees which includes the public universities the public education that is a law is a mandatory and for free and also the social care mm. And otherwise, we have a strong campaigns. We have the Ministry of Health, that they have a lot of vaccines for the people. And actually, the average in Costa Rica, well, this is an interesting uh, uh, data. Women, women live more than men yes. in Costa Rica. But the difference is between five years. For example, the average of the Costa Rican uh, men they are between 80 to 85 wow. and women between 85 to 90 which mm -hmm. is good because you have a good quality life but unfortunately many politicians are the only thing in money they say there is a problem now mm. because we have it's, it's very expensive to keep people alive for a long period of time right this is really sad but fortunately even we have the social care and even it has economic crisis by the corruption but uh, Every Costa Rican or every citizen who is in Costa Rica mm -hmm. that they work, the government take 10% of their salary mm -hmm. and is used for the social care. Mm -hmm. And also when you get retired to get your money, mm -hmm. right? And this is good, really good thing that it doesn't matter which is your salary. It doesn't matter if your salary is $200 per month or $2,000 per month or 20000 because if you need all the things when you are in travel, the social care provides to you. So they don't classify according to salary. They put all the money together huh. and they supply the things for the people. For example, my sister, mm -hmm. when she was really sick, well, unfortunately she passed away, but I'm sorry to hear that. thank you. But when she was really, really sick, uh -huh. they stayed in the most important quality of with doctors mm -hmm. in the special rooms. And they, they spend a lot of exams, a lot of tests. They use many medicines and they many machines. Well, if we have to pay for that, probably we have to sell our house, all our things to pay that. Um, it, it, they were a very special thing, and they take care of a lot of her, mm -hmm. and they save her. Yes. But well, some years later, it's unfortunately she passed away. But they did a great job, and different kind of specialists. And this is the, the, and the, there is not a limitation. It doesn't matter if you're really poor or you're a rich person. They provide you everything. They don't classify you. They what, don't classify. Them. What what I did notice, um, um, he being here now is that the lack of obesity, there's not a lot of obesity here um, mm -hmm. that I see in America. Mm -hmm. um, what I did see, the portions of food are small, so there's not huge portions. But also what I, um, what I, what I took notice to when we were um, in San, how do, you say, how do you say that? San Isidro. San Isidro, mm -hmm. that there was no obesity at all. But when I came to San Jose, where I am now, a little bit obesity, but still not complete. Not well, still. There, there are different things, of course. Well, of course, people in San Isidro and La Fortuna are people from the countryside, 
from the rural areas mm -hmm. that they are working in the field a lot. Right. So they do ex they don't go to the gym. Their gym is going to the field. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. And of course, many of them, this is really good because we can include the concept of poverty. Because, for example, some people consider they are poor in the cities because they can't get an access for an iPhone, for example, a very fancy laptop. So they consider it poor because this is the, the capitalism that they, because you want to feel good when you get more things, right? Right. But for example, in the rural areas and countryside, people say that they are more poor than in the cities, and this is not true because even they don't have an iPhone, for example, a very fancy laptop, but they can grow by themselves their food. Their food, Because right. they have their lambs, and the soils are very good quality, and so they 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 always will have access for food, even if they don't have too much money, but they can grow their 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 food, right? And they have their cows with the milk, and they are working they are working in that's where they are. They don't are very fat, right? Right. And in the case of San Jose, of course, in the city, you know, people with the stress life and mm -hmm. they are always busy. They don't have like a, the best diet, of course. Right. And they are mo they don't do too much exercise, like people in the, in the countryside and rurales. However, the Ministry of Health has a very strong, a very strong um, a campaign of prevention, uh, prevention, um, uh, because once again, prevention is the most important thing mm -hmm. um, for that. So uh, in Costa Rica, we have never faced uh, problems of obesity with children. And right. some years ago, around 10 years ago, for right. the first time, we start to see obesity in children, and it was very worried. So the government made like an alarm, uh -huh. and they did a new law where they said that it's forbidden in the elementary schools and in the high schools, in the public ones, to sell fast food like hot dogs, pizza, and gas, gas drinks like Coca-Cola. And um, 10 years later, fortunately, even the cases of obesity children were not too much, but they start to grow. Now decrease a lot. So I have a question. So did you did you guys see the obesity more in San Jose, or did you see more of the obesity in La Fortuna more? No, definitely, the definitely in the Central Valley, with this the metropolitan area, there right. are there are people because the, many of the jobs of the people is they don't go to the gym, right? Uh, because they don't have like this culture or this health custom. Um, they stay most of the time working office, you know, in right. like, computers the whole day. They don't move too much, and they don't fit so good. Right. That's why they are. They have more obesity, oh, of course, more diseases by uh, cardiovascular disease or something like that. Right, but then also I noticed um, while walking in San Jose, I see more westernized um, restaurants, you know, like the McDonald's and Taco Bell. Well, of course, because there are yeah. multinational companies that they are in everywhere. Of, of course, people love because it's tasty, I recognize, and yeah. it's cheap. It's cheap. Because, it's cheap and unhealthy. Yeah, be and healthy because, for example, Nowadays, the salaries of the Costa Ricans, well, Costa, Costa Rica is a country, if you compare it with another country in South America, it's expensive, almost, well, not like U.S., because U.S. is more expensive, but if you compare Costa Rica, it's an expensive country compared with another countries of Latin America, like, for example, Mexico, or countries from South America, some countries of South America are much cheaper than Costa Rica, right? So, um, we talked about the, a little bit about the health, the healthcare system and education. And so what I did notice when we went to San Francisco school um, about their education system, like they're teaching the children how to grow vegetables. Um, basically, they teach the children how to grow the vegetables. When the children grow the vegetables, it provides food for the whole school. And then the food that they don't finish eating, they sell to the community. And so it's like, 
Um, and even and even with they have like a little um, with their educational system, they're teaching their teaching the the kids like fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade how to be responsible with their finances, how to budget books, um, how to have a um, a business, how to run it properly, how to count money in that perspective, how how to grow crops, how to be productive in their communities at three years old. Like five years, like fifth grade, that's sixth incredible. that's incredible. Um, they're they're learning dual languages in such an early age. And so I think that's very impressive. And so is that is that all in, is that also in San Jose or is that only in um San San Isidro? Well no, actually this model that we saw that is impressive, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, is because there was the someone who decided to do a change okay. to, to, for visionary people like uh, the director of this place, mm-hmm. uh, teacher Ellie. Mm-hmm. She is a she well she is a, a teacher who belongs to the public system of education, but instead of they follow only the only things that the system provides, she had a dream mm-hmm. and he, she developed a project to change. Mm-hmm. to create an impact, you know, a remarkable impact for the communities because many of those communities are really poor. Mm-hmm. And she ha- she had that dream and he, and of course, she was a very smart visionary girl and he developed the, her ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very successful and hardworking and insists and insists and insists, never quick, of course, because it's not easy. And then he got results and when she got results, the other teacher started supporting her because they were like example to follow, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, the girls saw that she was very good, and of course, they are supporting her. But this is because it's really important that I always, that I always say that if you have a dream, mm-hmm. you can do it. it. It doesn't matter how difficult it is and how impossible, but make your dreams true, because when you do that, you can change the world. In few, in few terms, or in a big terms, but with only one choice, you can get many changes. And not only skills like the majority of the people that they say we can't change this because blah 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 because <laughs> bureaucracy, bureaucracy or many excuses but they, like the politicians they don't offer solutions only excuses only excuses right? and they talk our they 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 take our money yeah. right but this is the idea to change this mind this culture that okay if the reality is like that okay we can change the reality <laughs> and that's why she did that. And of course, now other schools are trying to follow her model mm-hmm. because that would be great that she became more popular and the government standardized mm-hmm. that that idea. For example, when we went to another high school and another elementary, they mm-hmm. are doing something similar, like in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we went we, when we went to Bayasol, of course, it's not the same, but they are working that and the children, they, as you said, they encourage, they are learning a lot of things, becoming a business people, yeah. uh, be seller of yourself. Yes. Be conscious of the environment. So Absolutely. many, many things together that are real good values for for those children in the future became very humans. And you know, children are the future in the world. Very important. Absolutely. So we're going to get ready to wrap this interview up. But the que- this is a very, very important question because this goes with your with your profession, tropical biologist. How can individuals and professionals help human coexist better with the planet and animals so we live a healthier and happier life? Yeah, well, I guess that everything is linked, definitely. 
right? Everything. So if you are good with your body, if you love yourself, this is the first step. Okay. You have to love yourself. So first step, love yourself. Love yourself. Okay. And be sure and understand that your happiness does not depend on anyone or anything. Okay. Okay. Second, be gentle with each other. Okay, be gentle with each yeah. other. Okay. And, okay. And, and, and of course, be gentle with, your, with the environment. Why? Because you have to know and understand that we humans are one species of the, the whole species that they are in the planet. Okay. And sometimes we forgot that. We forget that, that we are one species more and we believe that we are the owners of the world, the owners of the life. And that's why. And this is very interesting. That is an evolution process because you remember that our ancestors mm -hmm. they were nomads so yeah. they were traveling everywhere taking what they need and the, but once that the human start to establish properties mm. and say this is mine and this is you and this is mine i, 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 I start to classify and, and this is where the complex started and is when the human became or believed that he, uh, is the owners of the world we don't own yeah. anything yeah. I, I think so. I don't think anybody. Yeah, really but this is an interesting evolution process because when we were nomads, mm. our ancestors, they don't have sense of that. Mm. Um, they don't destroy too much the environment. They mm. only take what they need and they, they continue moving, mm. exploring, learning. It was an evolutionary process. But once that some groups of humans start to establish, um, they start to grow things and domesticate agriculture. Okay. They uh, And the soils and all this is when the concept of property uh, born. Mm -hmm. And so, and and even around, I don't know, ten thousand years later, okay. we we still have those genes or these behaviors that okay. this is mine this <laughs> because it's a natural behavior of dominance because we are we are primates and we are and we are traveling in social groups, right? Okay. This is our our strategy for survival, and we reflect in that nowadays. So the advice that Francisco has given us is number one love yourself yeah um number two be gentle with one another number three respect and love the animals number four get out of your comfort zone yes exactly. and so i think that is a really great advice for you to give us americans because <laughs> we really need it yeah i'm trying to smile i guess that everything according to my experience mm -hmm. actually when my sister passed away I learned a very, very big lesson. Mm -hmm. And what it has been one of the most remarkable lessons that sometimes in the whole world, we worry for many things that actually are not really important. Yeah. We increase the problem. But once that you solve it, you realize what's, what's not a big deal. Yeah. So I guess that everything in the world has solution and exception that, right? Mm -hmm. So you can solve everything. But this in you, you're working hard and how how many you allowed this problem affects you or not. Okay. And it doesn't matter which kind of problem, abuse, um, you know, violence or whatever, or even personal things, mm -hmm. uh, or if you're, you don't feel happy whatever you are doing, okay, if you want to change, you, you, you want to get different results, change your methodology. I like I like the way that sounds. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Help Show and Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Hi, this is Nayeta. And this is Carrie. And you're listening to the Help Show, Series 3, The History of Mental Health in America, Episode 7, Latin Mental Health, Costa Rica. So this month is August, and we want to apologize about um, not um, airing last month, but we had... Um, 
a really, really like a tragedy kind of happened. One of our guests, her um, her mother passed, and so we wanted to respect her family and respect her. And um, we our prayers are out to Dr. Judd. So uh, we're gonna keep praying for you, Dr. Judd. Mm -hmm. But we want to thank you for doing this episode for us. So let's get this closing thought. Mm -hmm. wrapped up Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> with some great discussions and interviews that took place I think we learned a lot I, I think we well I know I did I was in mm -hmm. Costa Rica which you know I thought um I was gonna like hang out honestly just to be honest <laughs> I thought I was gonna like hang out look at a couple things enjoy some paradise absolutely and... <laughs> do some um hang on the beach yeah wow that did not happen <laughs> a little different than what you expected. Absolutely, but everything was great. So, um, I, I the experience um, that I actually had was um, mind blowing. Yeah. And um, I would do it over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> Thank goodness for Dr. Judd. It sounds like she's really inspired you. She did. And sort of led you into this journey. And it's been invaluable. So I think that's a that's always a blessing in our lives yeah. when we're presented with something like that. Absolutely. Um, doing the trip, I actually, if you heard her um, say in the interview, I took a semester back. Mm -hmm. um, took a, you know, I was supposed to graduate in May, mm -hmm. but I graduated in August mm -hmm. because I wanted to experience the graduate um, program, mm -hmm. but I, I really wanted to experience traveling um, to another country with a group of social workers, you know, that were in the program to be able to really truly get that social work experience. Yeah. Because we live in a country where people come to our country and visit, we go to other people's country and visit, and I wanted to be able to um, be knowledgeable about other people. You know, their well firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I actually um, got that um, with the program. So I want to thank Dr. Judd first and foremost, um, Mr. Cromley too. I'm not forgetting about you <laughs> and the students that um, attended. Um, and I want to thank Texas A&M Commerce for allowing me to enjoy such a great experience. And the Costa Rican citizens. Yeah, those, yeah. Them opening up their their lives and their homes. Absolutely, absolutely. To explore. So let's get this um, contrast compare thing going on. Mm -hmm. So Carrie, guess what? Yes. Showed you what? So I really like the things that Dr. Jack had to say in bringing light the difference between cultural, you know, competency and saying, you know, it's perhaps better worded to say um, cultural humility. Um, and I thought that the things that she had to say on, you know, how do we rehabilitate people when a crime is, is committed or an offense occurs Absolutely. and looking at, you know, it's one thing to provide opportunity when we're in an institution. Mm. Um, and yet, what does that look like afterwards? Well, we certainly know what it's like here in America. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the potential for something really groundbreaking in the way that they're handling um, a true rehabilitation for their citizens. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was I was pretty inspired by that. And I like a lot of what she had to say, of course, probably because I too am a therapist. So right. um, really being able to take hold of our mindset 
and you know the power of thought and how much control we really do have over our thoughts and how our perception really impacts our quality of life. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so the, I felt like she had some really good highlights on the, the whole experience and sometimes what makes things different for their culture versus ours. We have something to learn for sure from every culture. Absolutely, absolutely. What were your thoughts? What were you thinking about what she showed you and what was your takeaway? Um, I learned a lot, first of all. Um, I really didn't, I knew about cultural competency, but the way that she explained cultural humility, um, you know, we all need to be knowing and curious of, of other, um, you know, people's culture. Mm -hmm. It's important to be, to be able to have humility, to strive um, from one another. Um, I thought that was a great way to identify um, cultural humility. So first and foremost, learn some about that. Um, I learned about the semi-institution, which I was there, but the way that she re-explained it, because I had a couple things that misconstrued. Mm -hmm. um, she she um, let me know. <laughs> and so with the semi-institution, I like the, the fact that the success rate uh, was 92%, which is less than 8%, that they were um, re-offended means that the institution really works, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that um, when they're almost done with their sentence, I like the fact that they put them back in the community, but not, okay, look, I'm not ragging on my country, <laughs> okay? Right, sure. But I know people that went to prison and when they get out, it's like, here's a hundred bucks, help yourself. Go figure it out. Yeah, you, or you'll figure it out, you're gonna come back. Mm -hmm. There is more, the community is involved, the families are involved, um, they're giving you skill training to prepare you to, to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then after you have completed your sentence, that they wipe away, they expunge your record. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if anyone knows someone that's in prison, but it's hard to get a job right. once you, you have a sentence, once you... An opportunity to rebuild that trust. There's, there's no opportunity. It's like you have a, it's like you have a scarlet a, a letter, a like scarlet a letter on your back, and it's like, tough, tough luck, tough luck, buddy. You know, try to find you a job, because I'm not hiring you. You know, once you have given, once you have done your time and try to put yourself back into the into the, um, the community. I think we as people should learn how to forgive. And I think expunging the record says that. And some people agree and some people don't. Like, what about the pedophiles? That's like a whole nother story. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode, you know. But well, it's a complicated subject. Absolutely. And, and so I think that give people a chance. Mm -hmm. And so I like the way that, you know, people... Yeah, you spoke of forgiveness. Yeah. So let's take that to some of the things that you know you were saying about um or in your talk about dr jen and our mental health uh -huh. what were your thoughts about that and how forgiveness um from your visit with dr jed how that what impact that has on our, our mental health it had a lot it allowed you to how can i say this like being able to forgive you it's like you release this toxic energy mm -hmm. that you allow something to take your power yeah. completely away. Yeah. And being able to truly forgive and move on is such a power I think people really don't realize. Mm -hmm. Like you can say it. Oh, sure. But do you really mean it? 
you know? And so um, her talking about mental health and, and how she spoke about mental hygiene mm-hmm. um, and her thoughts, your, your thoughts can make or break you. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, keep positive thoughts, um, forgive, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, and move, <laughs> and be able to, what, what did she say that we, we spoke about before we started um, recording about change? Mm-hmm. Um, I think change is important, so be able to forgive. Well, change doesn't and, happen in comfort, I think is what she was saying. Pretty much. You, you do have to be uncomfortable. Remember you said you tell your students or your, your, your clients that? My clients, but especially adolescents. When you have growing pains and yeah. knees hurt and stuff like that, yeah, you know, it's kind of growing. Yeah, that it's kind of a good thing of reference. I thought I thought that was I thought that was really good. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. And then we talked about and then I learned about active aging, which I thought was really great. Um, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Judd told me she ran her first half of um, marathon at fifty two. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really. It's never too late to get started. What an inspiration! It's not absolutely yeah. not absolutely not. Let's get on this guest too, uh-huh. um, which was Francisco. Uh-huh. I thought he was amazing. Yes. I like Francisco. <laughs> Hi, Francisco. I know he's listening. He's like, let me know when mm-hmm. it airs. So, um, hello, por vida, <laughs> you know, Francisco. <laughs> lots of fun. Yeah, but lots I. Lots of wisdom. I, lots and lots of wisdom. With Francisco, um, what I really, he, he said this quote at the end um, of the interview. Every time you produce an emotional, um, an emotional, you produce a biochemical reaction. So every time you produce an emotion, you produce a biochemical reaction. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. Oh, absolutely. Positive or negative, it affects your mind. Mm-hmm. It's energy we put out. Absolutely. So um, Francisco talked about a lot. He talked about loving yourself. He talked about um, being gentle to each other. He talked about, and, the and then he was—he's a bio. He's right. a yes. He's a chemist. So the environment is very, very important. Um, he spoke about his background, which he was in politics. Politics, so I found that very interesting, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah, because he gives me politics. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so I thought that was really great. Um, with him, he spoke about the environment and the economy is good for the mental care. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many people travel to Costa Rica because they want peace. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, I it's can, a paradise. It is a paradise because I, I, we were in the jungle in a rainforest for a week. Mm-hmm. I think I got the best sleep of my life. Yeah. When I thought there were bar- dogs barking, those monkeys. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I was yes. like, oh, somebody put that dog up. <laughs> Market, but they were the monkeys <laughs> in a little different place. Yes, yes. So um, I think that um, you should be able to have like a paradise in your own head, mm-hmm. um, and that what I took from Costa Rica was learn to relax. Yeah. Um, when I came back. I was kind of shaking because I was I had so much on my plate as far as graduating. Um, I had some other personal issues going on, but I think after like four weeks had passed, mm-hmm. almost a week and a half, I'm I'm back on on this peace mode. Yeah. I had to do some, I had to dive into some really <laughs> not to therapy but to a, a meditation place, mm-hmm. and I kind of I used um, that vision of the rainforest 
um, when I was there in Costa Rica, I kind of took the You get to carry me. that with you. Yeah, I, I closed my eyes and picture yes. something beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you've created it, um, we talked about in the interviews of those neural pathways and now you have that memory to hold. And so it affects some of those patterns and pathways in your brain as a go-to. Yeah. So the experience is invaluable, if nothing else, for that. Absolutely. And now it, you know um, a different set of feelings and peace in your in your mind. Yeah. So what did this episode teach you, Karen? Yeah, I think it just taught me a lot about what other cultures have to offer. And, you know, no culture is it's, it's perfectly imperfect, right? So we all have um, imperfections in our culture. No one is better than the other, but we have something valuable to learn from all cultures. And I think that really embracing the simplicity of life um, and the, the importance of just a holistic approach to our mental health is critical. We're not gonna just be able to go to therapy. We're not gonna just be able to exercise. We're not gonna just be able to eat healthy. It's the whole package right. and finding that balance. And that's that's a lot of what I heard from both of them. You know, I did too. Um, what I what I really learned about the how important the human growth is, but what I mean by that is like, it's so different um, from every country. Mm -hmm. And your human growth would be different if you were born in the jungle, if you were born in the forest, if you were born in the city, if you were born, those things are different. You, you're going to be cognitively, your social development, your cognitive development, your behavior development is going to be very different. And so I'm saying that because now I can see why there's peace mm -hmm. in Costa Rica because they're in a, they're in a, like a, a, like a serenity. And so, so peaceful. Food is healthy. Mm -hmm. um, the people are loving. Um, they have no worries. <laughs> and what Francis will say sometimes, that's the problem. They don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like maybe a little yeah, bit worried. Keep worried just a little bit. A little bit too, yeah. But um, I just learned um, that you should disrespect other people's culture. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that learn to put yourself in a place of peace. Mm -hmm. um, if you have to close your eyes and, and sit in a place that what gives you the most um, happiness, you should do that. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that you shouldn't truly worry. And it's, it's always easy to say, oh, don't worry about what you can, can right. control. Right. But as a practice, that is a practice. And even Dr. Judd said, that's a practice. Mm -hmm. You have to practice those things. And it's not one day it's right. every, day. every day you ha you have to practice being cognizant you have to practice being in a place of peace you have to practice on not worrying about the things that you cannot right. change you know it is you have to retrain your mind every day yep every and, single and day. i like that she acknowledged it was a constant effort for her too yeah so and all of this that you've learned uh -huh. what i mean i can just imagine like the more you know, the more you want to know. Okay. So what would you like to know more about from all of this? Because I'm sure it opened up a lot of doors. In the future, what would I like to know more? What I want to learn more about? What yeah. I'd like to know more about? <sighs> of course, mental health. <laughs> yeah. But I would, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, 
what would I like to know more about? I don't know everything. I would like to know more about um, anxiety and how to um, not get rid of it, but control it. And the reason why, because your anxiety controls all your emotions. So, quote unquote, I want to be more cognizant about um, my emotional being. And so I would like to know more about that, which I'm kind of doing a little bit of research on that now. So that's what I'd like to know more about, about anxiety, emotional competency, um, and how to train the thought mind. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Stop. Yeah. What about you? What, would you well, what topics in the future, personal, would you like to know about here? I think, you know, I'm always intrigued by how different cultures view mental health. Okay. And I know in, in the States, in America, there's been a lot of stigmas associated with mental health. And um, I'm just wondering, like, what that looks like for Costa Rica and other countries and cultures. Okay. So I like that. So we're gonna put that in with it with anxiety and what that looks. Like. Yeah, I like. Give me some. Give me. Bam. <laughs> Love Carrie. Yeah. So I think it'd be really interesting to know. I mean, obviously we're talking to some experts here, but what are the how does what is the culture among the citizens amongst them? Absolutely. If you or someone you know is in a crisis, whether they are considering suicide or not, please call the toll-free lifeline at 800-273-TALK to speak with a trained crisis counselor 24-7. And that number again is 1-800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline connects you with the crisis center and the lifeline network closest to your location. Your call will be answered by a trained crisis worker who will listen empathetically and without judgment. The crisis worker will work to ensure that you feel safe and help identify options and information about mental health services in your area. Your call is confidential and free. Crisis text line text is NAMI to 741-741. Connect with the trained crisis counselor to receive free 24-7 crisis support via text message. This podcast is produced by Nyetta Reynolds and Davion Avenue Music. To get your very own custom beats, email him at Davion, that's D-A-V-I-O-N-A-B-N-E-Y, music, M-U-S-I-C, at gmail.com. The Help Show is a nonprofit organization. To learn more or donate, please visit thehelpshow.org. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Help Show. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave comments. We want to know what you think. Thank you for listening, and please stay tuned.